Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. My name is Harold Adegu Simiyu, an African, of course, with three names. Simiyu is my dad's name. Uh, Adegu is my grandfather's name from my mother's side. Um, if looking at my background, I was born in the year 1986, April 4th. And uh, from that perspective, I was born from a Christian background. My father and mother got married. They were staying together. And it was a very good family. And... Um, both of them, they had strength for those nice morals. So we grew up with the wisdom of compromise, respect for the elderly. And above all, we grew up knowing that fear of God is everything. However, our father was very tough. Our father was like um, a tyrant in the family. So my, my formative uh, years was not something to like because even crossing the gate could uh, lead you to get some canes. So that means we lived growing up knowing that discipline was very key. And uh, that one, I think, idea throughout what I'm going to talk about should be the key to your success, discipline. Because our parents at that particular time instituted discipline in everything you're supposed to do. Even talking to your sisters, the way the workers in the family and everything. So my background was like that. My father and mother, after, uh, after some time, they separated. That's the year 1998, and uh, I was in standard seven, which complicated my, our life a little bit because we had to move from one point to another. But sometimes you always say there's always a silver lining. There's always a reason why things happen like that, and I will explain later on. Because of that moving from point A to point B made me who I am. That means there's some civility that joined my whole life. Yeah, that's how my background is. Thank you. Uh, you've mentioned about the discipline, and I, I just relate with it because, uh, you know, it's part of the African experience growing up. <laughs> so uh, we can move on to yeah, just link with the education, uh, how education was for you, how you find it, you know, how you found it from primary, you know, going through the phases through high school. Uh, what was it like for you? Yeah, uh, my education experience, or let's say the student experience, started from uh, the rural life because I was born in Bungoma County, uh, Kandui uh, constituency. There's a village called Ekitale with an E, not the Kitale Transoya. There's an E before Kitale. That's between Ndoya Factory going to Sangalo. That's a rural village. And uh, that means all the schools in the rural village the guys who were born in the 80s, most of them used to go barefoot in school. And we used to have one pair of uniforms. That means you'd use the same uniform from Monday to Friday, then it could be washed on Sunday, then you do it again. 
and uh, most of our uniform had those indicators in the back and nobody cared because that's how life was and our shirt we used to have one button here then our stomach goes outside but that's that was life it made us who we are because even that time I remember in my primary school there were some students or some pupils who would come from other school in town to join Luanda Primary School the first one week they would be using their shoes and they would be punished for the same so they would join the, the band who are going to going barefoot to school. And in that school, I remember there were specific teachers who particularly one of them was a mathematics teacher. And then there's another one for English teacher. The English teacher, God rest his soul, was called Mr. Walela, who passed on. That guy was tough. He used to instill English by force. He could cane you for nothing. And uh, because of that, most of us went through his hands. Their English somehow sounded different and there was this other teacher who was doing Swahili and uh, uh, who was doing Swahili who was doing mathematics he could cane us because he has arrived in class ahead of you the things about primary school after that instilled into us a culture of we were supposed to we were supposed to strive harder to avoid punishments in that primary school and uh, be at the right place at the right time. Nowadays, I think with the change in curriculum, things have changed. By that time, caning was the key. That means we avoided caning to do the right thing. It's the same way like avoiding hell to go to heaven. So after getting to, that is Rwanda Primary School, up to Standard 7, I mentioned earlier that my mom and dad separated in 1998, which prompted us to shift. That means we had to follow with mom. And that made us to go to a uh, boarding school in Kisi. That's Nyancho Adventist Preparatory School, whereby we enrolled to do Standard 7 and Standard 8. And uh, that one gave us a picture of how living and st- being alone in school. Had some, um, I had some homesick at that particular time. I wanted to run out of school. I wanted to like just say to hell with this kind of uh, life. But with one day after the other, I learned that life is what you make it. It was very, very hard. I remember even it affected my studies. I was not a very strong student in Standard 8. I remember out of 700 marks at that time, I only managed to get 405. That was not a mean feat for a person uh, to pass. I was an average. In fact, let me say, because that was around 50%. And um, at that time, getting to secondary school, you're supposed to have performed excessively well. And my mom, I did not mention my mom and dad were were teachers. My dad was a primary school teacher and my mom was a secondary school teacher. So using the position of my mom, she was teaching at Nyangori Boys. She was given a chance to enroll us in that school. Nyangori Boys is one of the strong schools in Western Western province and their cutoff marks was very high, but my mine was very low. But because of her position, we were given that chance, me, myself and my brother, to join Nyangori Boys High School. And life was hard. I want to pause and say life was hard because this school was admitting higher and very strong uh, students who had passed very well in KCPE. And for us, we are at the tail end. And uh, performance at that time, when you get like one 800 marks out of 1,200, you're almost number last. You wish the bottom-up approach was being invented in school, but life was very, very hard. And sometimes we could just swim through the tide and that that culture of I came here as the last person so I don't have to care 
and my form one and my form two, I was not pushing anything. I was just trying to wait for the end of the term, get your report card, go home, come back again, because I knew that I'm not better than others. So up form two is when I realized that life is yours. And in form two, going to form three, there are so many things that happened. I want to stress my secondary school because it changed my life. Uh, when I moved from two to going from three, first of all, I was very poor in uh, my mathematics. I was very poor in sciences. But that's the time we were selecting subjects. I was very good, but there was that culture that if you're doing three sciences in school, everybody will fear you that you are a choppy. Choppy means that you're a good guy. But when you do two sciences, that means you're going to do another subject called either social education ethics or CRE or a small, uh, slightly easier subject. So guys opted to choose the harder subjects to be respected. Not because they were good. I was among the guys who chose three subjects. Not because I had an idea. But sometimes by serendipity, we fall into a certain pool. Then we work so hard to get out of it. I don't want to go to stories. But at the end of that, I remember that is the time even my mother, there was one time I wanted to stop going to school because life was very hard in complete. My mother told me, choose and stay at home, go to school, and she left me. And when I went to school, I remember it happened at that time my mother was the one who came to start teaching us mathematics. It was second time of form three. And she used to give me questions every now and then. Harold, how do you see? Harold, how do you see? And it changed me because for once I realized that I could be the top queen in terms of mathematics. Actually, out of the five streams, in that stream of ours, I was sometimes number two, number three in mathematics at all, not everything. And that one gave me an impetus, and I believe that I can do it. And to make the long story short, from form three going to form four, which formed to which were the exams that formed the part of our indexing, I was top 10, which gave me the index number that I carried throughout. And I never stepped back. So, Sometimes I talk about my challenges to be the reason to look back and say, if these challenges were not there, I could not be this guy. So my primary school has some challenges going to secondary school. Then later on, I'll talk about how my university started. Yeah, thank you for mentioning uh, about you know the mental health aspect of primary and secondary school. I think it is neglected a lot. People just assume, you know, children are going to go to school, they're going to learn, there's nothing else they think about. So it's interesting hearing your story of how it, you know, the the shift happened from someone who was not performing very well to being a top performer. And, you know, it's easy also to assume that, you know, someone who is not performing well is just stupid. (laughs) That's not the case. Clearly, you you, you proved everyone wrong by being the the, the top student, especially in mathematics, which I remember in Form 3 was not easy. <laughs> it was not easy. Uh, uh, and also I must say you are, your mom was bold to give you that yeah. choice. Your mother was bold to give you that choice, you know. You either yeah. go to school or you stay at home. Yeah, she did that and she left and she went to school. <laughs> For most people, they never get that choice when it comes to education. But I think it played, yeah, it played a role in, uh, in, 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 in that change of attitude. So I wonder if it was at that moment also that the interest in science came in or if it was uh, later. Actually, at that particular point, 
actually my interest in science changed in third term of form three third term of form three and i stress because i remember it happened there was a biology teacher who came to us and told us you people are smart but the way you answer your questions make you to be less smart i don't use the word stupid and uh, he told us try to answer this question this way try to answer these questions this way but like the section b and section c section b and c in biology that time and to be honest all of us who were in that group because we had subgroups in school all of us performed well in sciences and because of that most of us said because we are good in sciences we must prove to others that we are good and i want to stress because uh, in my career i've taught before i've mentored some students analytics when you're good with numbers you become creative all around you start thinking even answering questions that are not scientific when i improved my sciences and mathematics i was able to improve all around i was able to have what's called a critical thinking the logical thinking about it and is when i realized that sometimes someone can ask you a question and you know that the answer should lie in between these parentheses you know when you're not critical someone will tell you like if you're having 1 million then uh, you're dividing it with 1 million people how much are you supposed to give to each one of course the answer can never be 2 million the answer should be less than 1 million so that's logical thinking so if you have if you're good with numbers then you'll be able to do what to know that this the argument and that's when i developed a strong interest in sciences and even from that particular point if you look at most students who are good who have a career interest they always say now i want to become a doctor i want to become an engineer I want to become a pilot. I want to become so and so and so and so. For me at that particular time I wanted to become two things, either an engineer or a pilot. And I said for me to become a pilot and be good in geography, mathematics and physics. And to become an engineer and to become well, to be good in physics and mathematics and one of the sciences. So that's when I developed a strong interest. And number 2, I don't have to mention to forget the input that my parents also had to put in my father was a primary school teacher god rest his soul he died in 2018 and my mom was a second is a secondary school teacher actually she just retired some 3 years ago my father was a mathematics teacher in primary school i don't know which other subjects he was teaching but my mother was teaching again mathematics and physics that means that means in our blood there was also a feeling that if you're not good in mathematics and sciences that means you're performing below par so the two people also in my life also had a force they were also trying to make it like it's good for you to be good with mathematics and sciences sometimes they always say that partiality is good but sometimes also we have to look at where we are coming from and our friends not 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 pushing people so hard but also looking at where we are coming from like my my parents had a vision that ah, be good with mathematics otherwise how can you fail mathematics and both your father and your mother are mathematics teacher so that's another reason why i had to work out myself such that i don't i don't embarrass my parents yeah and you know we'll we'll go back to that question about mentorship and its role but maybe we should cover first the university experience and then you know the career but we'll start with the university experience and then we'll we'll talk some more about the mentorship so how was university like for you university the thought of getting to university is always an exciting thought for everybody in kenya 
particularly if you've gone through a very hard life in high school, you're always looking forward to the beautiful stories that everybody talks about at university. And uh, for me, when I finished high school, I managed to get an admission to university. That time, I remember I got a B plus, a strong B plus. That time, getting an A minus or A, it was very, very hard. You find like a school in Yangori High School getting one A, one A minus or two A minuses, a B plus, maybe five of them. It was very hard. So I got a B plus. I'm going to University of Nairobi. And uh, honestly, I wanted to do uh, engineering, but that time they had had a cutoff of, I think very high cut of uh, you must get an A minus which is very strong or A get engineering electrical engineering that I wanted to do the other part that I want is to become a pilot and up to date I'm 35 years old but I always dream that one day I can just enroll to become a, a private pilot guy so I had that dream of even if I'm going to use so many ladders but to get to the pilot so I went to Vassar Nairobi and I talked through the people that time was my uncle who told me if you want to become a pilot because piloting is not offered within the public universities in Kenya actually that time piloting was being offered in South Africa he said do this course of Bachelor of Science in Meteorology which is 30% of the piloting training and when I went there I selected Meteorology as my first course and at that point people are laughing they are saying you are going to become a traditional weather forecast your guys are going to replace water Francis sitting in a house and putting your hand outside and saying the temperature is 28 degrees and I told the man that's not what I'm going to do yeah I'm learning this after this one I'm going to enroll for the piloting course which would be easier after having the Bachelor of Science I did this and life in the university was good I will say generally my life in class was good because I encountered both sides of life, the good life and the bad life, and that life that is in between. And I'm not going into details. The four years were good. And all the four years, there's only one time that uh, I did not do the exam. And uh, it was in second year that we had whole night reading. And we for- I forgot that the paper was supposed to be in the morning. I thought the paper was going to be in the afternoon. And I woke up when the paper was being done. That's the only time I did not do one paper. But none, uh, all, all, all said and done, I performed very well in my, uh, in my university. And I got my second upper when I graduated in the year 2009. No discipline record, no nothing. And during my university life, when I was doing my meteorology, that was just trying to further my scientific uh, desire. Because for meteorology, you must be good in, in mathematics, you must be good in physics, you must be good in your geography, and also you must be good in your computer application, that means in uh, programming a little. So within that kind of life, I learned so many things. And besides sticking to uh, meteorology, I opened up wide that life is not all about what you're reading. It's about what all life gives you. So from that, from that particular time is when I realized that I can open up and say, man, I can be a pilot. But what if I come home and I don't want, I'm not piloting? What can, else can I do? It's when now I decided I want to do the CPA. CPAs was that time something that everybody will do after high school because for us, between high school and university, we'll stay for two years. But for me, I did not do that. I did that while I was in the university. 
I did CPA one and CPA two and stopped there and said, what am I going to use this song for? But literally it came and helped me in my in my when I was when I was doing my masters later on. Because after that graduating in 2009, uh, being given powers to read, there was no job. There was no job. I went to Mombasa. And from there, life was a little bit hard. I want I don't talk the career because there's a aspect you told me that you talk about career. I was in Mombasa and there was no job. And my dad, as uh, he was, he told me, my son, don't waste time. What can we do? Then he, I told him, I want to do my master's. And he gave me two options. Uh, you want to do master's or I give you money to come home and do some farming. And I told him, I want to do master's. You're going to pay for me? He agreed that he's going to pay for me because I knew if he's going to pay for me, then I'm choosing something that is not within the meteorology. Because for meteorology, I knew I'm going to get a scholarship because I talked to, to the chairman of the department and say like, ah, Harold, you're a good, you're a good student. If the scholarship is going to come, I'm going to consider you. And that time, I enrolled for my master's in business administration finance in Basel, Nairobi again from the year 2010. Something that my dad helped me for one year before being employed then I paid for the remaining part of the year and graduated again in 2012 for the, my master's in business and administration. Then in 2015, stayed a little bit longer, then I got the scholarship again for my master's in uh, climate, of which I took it again and I did the whole master's. And also that time, something that I don't always like saying, in 2015, I was given two scholarships. I was given a scholarship for my master's of science and I was also given a scholarship for my PhD in finance in 2015. So for my master's, I did it quickly. I finished in 2018, but my PhD, owing to the nature of my job, I'm still at the candidate uh, point whereby you finish your classwork, you are at that part of writing your thesis. So that is my university kind of, my university life. Yeah, thank you. You've, you, you, you've mentioned something about unemployment and it's a, it's a big issue for a lot of people, especially young people. So maybe you can talk to us about how you got your first job. Okay. You know, when I was thinking about this first job, first of all, I wanted to, to ask myself, the first job that I was working as a teacher, you know, I hustled as a teacher in Mombasa, whereby I was being paid 10,000 Kenyan shillings teaching. A school whereby you'll go there and they'll tell you, we don't have a biology teacher, so you can teach today biology. Then you teach biology, then you get the biology teacher, then they'll tell you, teach physics. Then they tell you, you have a physics teacher, or you can teach chemistry and uh, mathematics, somehow like that. So that's the hassle. But I don't consider that as my job. My first formal employment came in 2011. God is so good. That's why I always tell people, don't always, don't always, uh, try to cast as passion against uh, possibilities. Because by that time when I was doing my meteorology course, I was not planning to be employed as a meteorologist. As I said earlier on, I wanted to become a pilot. However, being a pilot required you to have 10 million Kenyan shillings. Or there was a chance for you to become a cadet. But it just happened when we are finishing the cadet program that Kenya Airways and uh, Corporate Bank had been scrapped. So we didn't have a job. So at that time, again, when we were finishing our meteorology, the government had placed an embargo in employment, particularly for Kenya Meteorological Department. So 
we are not seeing a scenario that we might be employed at that time. Most of my fellow colleagues, some of them ventured into other fields because meteorology has the aspect of uh, computer, has the aspect of mathematics, has an aspect of physics. Some of them became teachers, uh, others became uh, computer wizards, and uh, some of them went to the banks. It happened like that. Then, myself, it just happened in 2011. Actually, it was 2020, 2010, December. There was an advert. The government was requiring meteorologists. I was so poor to a point whereby I didn't have even money to go to the computer, to, to the cyber to apply. I used my phone to apply for this job. And um, people always believe that the government, you must have a godfather. I didn't have a godfather. I applied using the phone, and as God will have it, uh, I was shortlisted for that interview. And I was in Mombasa even before coming for an interview. They said you must have an ID and whatever. I didn't even have an original ID. Uh, and um, to just make the whole, the whole story short, if God has, have, has a plan for you, it will happen. I came to Nairobi. I did my interview. I went back after another three weeks. We got the text messages that uh, we were successful and we were supposed to report to work, which was in March of 2011. That's the employment I got. And up to today, I'm still employed under the Ministry of Env- Environment as a meteorologist. Currently, I'm seconded to Seychelles government. For the past four years, I've been in Seychelles uh, as a principal meteorologist. Here, I'm trying to help build up the capacity uh, in meteorology, particularly in the aviation sector. So I've had almost a straight uh, career path in meteorology. And I believe that anybody can still have the same same straight uh, straight path in whichever scientific field of which I'll talk about later on. It's interesting that you still find yourself near aviation again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we'd like to talk about now the aspect of, you know, the research that you did in university and postgraduate and maybe even that you're doing currently. Uh, what was the research really about? Yeah. Um, first of all, Tamata's research, that's, that's the time where I, actually I'm not a full proponent of CBC, but uh, I agree to some extent if the intention is to further research, particularly in the high school sector, it will be good. Because when you become a scholar, you'll appreciate that research is a problem-solving technique. That when you put yourself into research, that means you've already uh, acknowledged there's a problem, then you're trying to find gaps to fill the problem. So in uh, our 844 system, research wasn't and isn't up to today a major tool, particularly in the undergraduate level. That means most of the students, even some of them that I've been mentoring recently, they use it as a tool just to pass an exam. It's, you're supposed to pass that research because it's required as a it's a unit that you're supposed to pass. But they don't appreciate the need as to why research is important. But when you move from your undergraduate to postgraduate, then you'll start appreciating that research is key to everything. For me, my first research, I think I did the effect of volcanic ash, the aviation industry. Now again, I'm talking about the strong interest I had in aviation. So I was looking about the effect, but now from the meteorological perspective. 
if you are to deeply ask me what I put into that paper, I'll just tell you some models I use, but necessarily the fire, the results, I cannot, I cannot, um, uh, I cannot conclusively tell you. But when I went to do my masters, when now I realized that now the research that I'm writing, I can put it from the theoretical point to make it practical, because uh, the paper that I did it for my masters in the finance, I was looking at the small and medium enterprises financing. And I think up to today, there's a huge issue, particularly dealing with uh, the small and medium enterprises, because most of them are personally owned, they don't have the funding. And I did, a, I did some research using the picking order theory uh, to deal with the financing of small and medium enterprises, which is a gap particularly for the financial sector in Kenya. Even up to today, I do some consultancy in financing, where we finance using the debt or equity and how to absorb, uh, to absorb certain kind of costs. So this one is a research I did in my finance uh, aspect uh, of my master's. Then also, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, I also did my master's in climate change. And again, in climate change, I was looking at the aspect of climate change with pollution because people talk about climate change. And uh, the guys that are nowadays meant, I tell them that the most funded area right now in the whole world is climate change. And uh, people say, you always choose what gives you bread on the table. So if you want money, go to the field that gives you money. So in climate, if you have to talk about climate, like myself, you talk about the factors or the parameters that are leading to climate change. So my, my research, I was trying to look at pollution levels, particularly uh, in Kenya, the urban centers in Kenya. I looked at Kisumu, I looked at Nairobi, I looked at Mombasa, and I talked about it in, with, with, with relationship to climate, with the climate change. Yes, there were certain unanswered questions because as it, stand, as it stands right now, in Kenya, we don't have the models or the technique to module, modulate the amount of pollution. That means the streetwise and stuff. We don't have it. It's very, very expensive. And that's why in Kenya, when people talk about climate change, some of us don't even understand what climate change is. We just say that's a jargon that people use it for money. But people who are developed somewhere else, they appreciate that climate change is a factor. And people are now trying to do a lot of research. And up to today, you asked me about even the research I'm currently I'm doing and the future. I'm trying to look at the point, the point and grid breeded way of looking at the climate change with the day-to-day, we call it the anthropogenic contribution. That's the human the human aspect. That's my research that I'm doing currently in terms of the climate change. Then finally, I also want to talk about the research that I'm dealing. Of course, that one is not yet published uh, because it's still I'm still under candidate. Um, my PhD is University of Nairobi. I'm still, I'm still a candidate. I'm trying to look at now the financial aspect, particularly with these uh, bonds that are being issued like uh, in Kenya. I don't want to talk about it so much because it's still writing, but I'm looking at the bond and the futures. We call them the futures, uh, the cryptocurrencies, if it can be introduced in the trading. Like in Africa, currently, we don't have it. So can we use that to do hedging or whatever? I have, I'm still looking at that. If I'm able to finish that, that will be my future research. I think uh, I've slightly talked about the whole uh, research aspect. Yeah, you have, and uh, like I said, it's it, it it links to the current problems in, in the world, and uh, 
you know, it gives people hope when they see someone is working about it on it. Like, for example, climate change. We hope that, you know, development can be influenced by, you know, what climate climate is, climate what climate we're actually experiencing. Like, can the development, the cities we build, you know, the machines, the, the, the vehicles, the energy, can they really be focused in such a way that we do not harm the environment? And, you know, you also mentioned uh, crypto. That's a really big area that's upcoming. And in Africa, it's people are very skeptical about it. So when you have an expert at least talking about it, <laughs> we know that Africa is safe. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we want to talk a bit about now that aspect of mentorship, uh, the role of mentorship in getting you to where you are and uh, what kind of mentorship you, you are currently doing. Okay, the aspect of mentorship is a little bit, um, first of all, challenging because uh, the society that we are in right now believes in uh, quick cash. And uh, to mentor someone, someone does not look at the societal benefit. They look at my personal benefit. So if you're to come to a young guy or a young, young, young girl or a boy and tell them, I want to mentor you to become a teacher, they quickly tell you teachers don't earn a lot. They tell teachers are the most uh, victimized people, so they don't become a teacher. Some of them nowadays, they look at um, uh, the art industry. They look at, ah, oh, I'm seeing Bahati, I'm seeing whoever, because they make quick cash. So when you try to mentor them into the aspect of um, stronger careers, some of them see it as a story that will end. It's just not something that can hold water. But however, being a teacher at some point, first of all, people, some people have seen me move from point A to point B, point C. And this one I say because some of them admire who I am. And I talk to them and I tell them, sometimes if you cannot use this ladder that is long, or this one is short, when I use the difference between the ladders, we have people who are born out of the riches. That means they don't have to be mentored. They already, their life is already set. Then we have people who are born out of the political elite that are closer to the politics. That means also their path is a little bit uh, different. But what if you can't? If you're not born out of the two, that means you have to work your way up the ladder. You have to work hard. Now, for me, I've mentored some, some students, particularly those people who believe that the key to success is education. It's education. I've sat down with them and sometimes they come to ask me, uh, what are the opportunities in your field? And before I go specifically to my field, scientific, science, science as a discipline has a wide range of anything. Like for instance, I'm a meteorologist. Tomorrow I can be employed as a physicist because they know I've done physics. The other day I can be employed as a quantitative guy because I've done mathematics, because I know the quantitative techniques. To be a scientist, you are able to be taken around because you are wide. Your mind is not narrow. This one says with a lot of power. So because of that, first of all, the charity begins at home. My sister is graduating from the university and will be doing meteorology end of this year. Actually, it should be next month. I have uh, some other two ladies who are still graduating the same same uh, with my sister and these people before they joined the university they talked to me 
and uh, they asked me some of them wanted to come to do education and I told them man of course I don't have issues becoming a teacher and I made fun of them and I told them like anybody can be a teacher but not everybody can become a, a meteorologist or a biotechnician or whatever but everybody can be a teacher a teacher of course no offense to teachers but I was trying to push them at least to become specific in whatever they wanted to do and they asked me Harry they called me Harry in recent times when I was in Kenya I used to travel for conferences used to travel for for uh, workshops and stuff and some of them envied because you know as it is sometimes for have a hobby of traveling or adventure so they said they wanted to be like me they told them do meteorology then. then they said will there be a job I told them don't worry about the job the job will come at this particular time you to you go to school do good and after you finish your graduate come and ask me if there will be a job from there we can still look at jobs and believe you me today we have so many climate climate bodies we have red cross we have the k international we have the unfcc you have the kenya meteorological we have the agriculture all of them they want meteorologists to have them in climate modeling now some of them they are very happy they have not gotten the job but believe you me, nowadays because of research people are, people are looking at people who can be who can help them to do this and that and that particularly in the research field as we talked earlier on because when you go to the united nation environmental program they want someone who can modulate climate if you go to k international or this or whatever they want to look at people who can come up with climate in the asal areas go to red cross like right now recently the president said uh, we're having issues uh, with the drought famine whatever this one someone who can come up with the drought modeling which is still a climate everything so you see like now the all the avenues are open believe me that time when i was advising with them i wasn't seeing all this but it depends on how good you are being aggressive in life when you have a bargaining stick or you having something that you can bargain with you fit everywhere and that's the reason why as it stands right now most people who've gone through meteorology it just depends on how good you are not in the study meteorology even if you go through uh doing maybe chemistry so many research i have my friends who are doing industrial chemistry almost almost all the companies nowadays they want a chemist they want an engineer so it depends and it's very very hard to find a person who's gone through the science and is just sitting at home it gives you the analytics on creativity for you to find how to fit in life so that's how it is so from there i mentored all these kind of students of mine and some of them believe in me after this this trench is living i'm seeing others work on and in mentorship people always see like if this one have been successful then others will come and if this others then it becomes a routine but if you fail through the through, through the supply chain then others feel like i cannot do this and that's why i tell all my friends and my peers and the young ones yes you can do the art industry but what if it breaks down what else can you do like for me i can run of course cannot, i'm not an athlete i'm not a professional athlete but what if my 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 i break my foot what else can where else can i go that means if you have something in your head you can be able to know that you can juggle some balls and feet that's why i meant and up to today the, the the community even some of them they partner with me to do the research we write them with papers some of them they produce i i peer review their papers they they publish and by so they increasing their visibility and that's how I mentor also my uh, my young ones. Yeah and you know when you talk about education uh 
I think it's a safe option for a lot of people. So I really like it that you encourage people to venture out and you know find things that they actually like doing because uh, one of the worst things that a student can meet is a poorly motivated teacher, someone who just did education, you know, to survive. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that you're encouraging, you know, young people to respond to the needs of the world actually. Uh so everyone has had you know highs and lows in in career in education. So are there some highs and lows that you can talk about that uh, young people can learn from? In form 3, which is my lowest because <laughs> I was at my adolescence. And uh I remember we were supposed to go back to tuition. That time we had tuition. And uh I had a girlfriend. The girlfriend who had come visiting me. And it was on a Sunday, I remember very well. And while I was talking to her, my mom found us there. It was around 5 p.m. and I was supposed to have reported to school. And she slapped me in front of my girlfriend. Yeah, something small, but at the, uh, that time because I was an adolescent, it was a big issue. And uh, for once, I told my mom, "If you can slap me in front of my girlfriend because of school, to hell with this school." And um at that time the only option I thought I thought like life on the street was the best. I went to the bus stop it was around 6:30 in the evening and waited for a bus. I wanted to hitch high to Kisumu town and maybe spend there and find some home where I'll go and do some uh, some guy just cleaning or whatever. That's what I wanted. When I felt like the life is close and bearable and to make matters worse my mom has embarrassed me from my girlfriend. Um if it happened the way I wanted that that particular time. Uh I don't know where I would be <laughs> because mom my mom was a tough person I mentioned earlier on. She did not follow me. She did not follow me. After staying in the court till around 10 p.m. I went I came back to the house. And on Monday she went to school. She didn't ask me to go to school. And around 10 a.m., after realizing that I was the only one remaining, all the other guys had gone to school. I walked slowly to school. That was my lowest. But from that particular point, it has never happened again. My high. I've had so many highs in life, so I really don't know which one. But um, first of all. One of my highs is uh, when I, first of all, got sco- uh, scholarships. There are so many scholarships I've got. Some of them you try and uh, just come. That means they appreciate that you're in a, you're, you're if so. In terms of academics, that's my, one of my highs. In terms of my career, I was among just applying. Then you get things. That means I feel like that was one of the best moments that happened during my time because it's like everything that I've been working for just came. Uh, to fruition so and uh also last but not least i've always believed like when you when you give me a chance particularly you when you give me a chance for an interview most of the time i'm always there and uh, that's the reason why when this opportunity also came for me to be seconded to the session i applied and i got it to one of my high and here i've been working abroad at least for four years a very very nice experience 
some people say Seychelles in their bucket list and I'm here working I don't see that why it's in the bucket list because I enjoy um, the beauties of Seychelles so that's one of my good highs because of my effort that I put yeah it's, it, you know your story is so inspirational because uh, for a lot of people and you know they're coming through life from you know from education you know to to campus looking for work they don't have people to hold their hands and you know yours is one where you just followed the system and it worked out so uh um our next topic would be about you know uh, mental health uh it's been a challenge for young people a lot and uh maybe you have some comments about it yeah uh, mental health is a bad thing particularly because it manifests itself in uh, so many things and um, sometimes I look at it as the strife beyond the limit you want to be someone else sometimes you put pressure on yourself too much as opposed to letting things flow the way they are okay there is a way that you're supposed to work hard but when you stretch yourself past certain uh, point you put you stress your capacity to reason or to live well however the only aspect that I will always want to advise the young most people who have a mental issue there is a percentage at which in the research area is when you when you have what called as the substance abuse and it's because of the pressure that most people have the likely the likeliness that you want to be someone else when you venture into uh, strong alcoholism into drugs strong drugs and also other substances that put you under pressure and they alter your reasoning capacity which brings into an issue with mental health my life throughout some of my friends have fallen the victim and uh, i'm sorry to say that some of them it became worse they died some of them they cannot they went to a point of no return mental health and some of them they some of them have gone back to rehab and they're good people. But the whole aspect of mental health, this one I'll advise people. If you cannot stretch past a certain level, let it, let it be. The hand will only scratch where it, it, where it gets. Don't be equal to others. Have your own dress. Don't put yourself under any pressure. Because when you put yourself under extreme pressure, that means that when you're leading to malfunctioning or the abnormality of your brain or your mental capacity, and that's the reason why the mental stress comes in, which leads to other disorders. And uh, its manifestations are catastrophic. It's subject to depression, death, and other things. So I will advise my young ones, life is the, life is the longest thing that you ever had. Enjoy and live within it. But do the right thing. Do the right thing. Go to school, and God will always reward your, your efforts. Uh, thank you. Uh... <clears throat> You know, as a man who has, you know, gone through the system and uh, by, 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 you know, by qualification, you can now call you a scientist. Uh, what tips do you have for, you know, young scientists, people who are, want to venture into the field of science and, you know, want to do, you know, they say, yeah, I want to do masters, I want to advance, I want to do PhD. So what tips do you have for young people who want to be scientists? Thank you. I think you even tried to answer me. Because of the need of so many people becoming scientists, so many people world over, they have ventured into the field of science. That means the pool of scientists is increasing. For you to 
to be seen, you need to go above the shoulders of the scientist. Don't stop at your undergraduate. Don't stop at your undergraduate. Do your master's. And if all if all goes well, do your PhD. Because nowadays, undergraduate will be your entry level into the science. But how many who are in the scientists? The science. The same way I was explaining earlier on that uh, when I got myself in Form One, that, that school was employed was admitting around 250 students, and 250 students, all of them had 430 marks and above. So if you got in there and you're just comfortable, you will never get to the top unless you work slightly harder. So, as a scientist, it's good for you to do at least a master's. And most of these companies, the consultancy, the international organization, they are looking at the policy. If you're able to do the policy, that means they are looking for masters. And for you to be able to know, the, and this is not all about Kenya, it's all over the world. It's not about science only. Most this profession, because the uptake of education has increased. So if you want to stand taller than others, move beyond the the entry go to go to your masters and number two some of us feel like the phd is more of a research which is okay phd is more of research if you want to be to have a technical aspect in life partner or complement your skill with some diploma courses like it's good right now the world is going to artificial intelligence partner yourself with maybe computer programming a little bit to help you do your data statistics much, much better, as opposed to just having a one-side science. So add yourself with small technical skills. Most of these jobs nowadays, they want you to know how far, like right now in the climate industry, they'll ask you the climate, the economies of climate. That means they also want someone who knows about the economics. Or they will, undo, they will say the social climate. They want to know someone who knows about social so, sociology. So it's good something like you also you complement your skill, but above all, don't stick at the ground level. Go higher, get to the master's level. Maybe your children, children's children, it will be important for them to have even two PhD, or maybe they'll be a postdoctoral at that particular level. So that's one I will advise: never be complimented. And the last but not least, this one I also tell my sisters: don't sit and think that job will look for you. Be aggressive. Aggressive. Go out there. Tell people I want this. They will give you an opportunity to show why you want it. You sit down, they say like, ah, I'm waiting for my opportunity to come. It will never come. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. In life, you must work hard. Survival for the future. Thank you. I think it has also answered the question I had about, you know, uh, the future prospects because uh, you have to stand up above the crowd for you to be noticed yes. and that is how you, it helps you not to to get more opportunities so we can go to you're almost at the tail end of the interview now so we can maybe talk about the future for you what does the, what does the future hold you know in terms of careers and uh, research yeah actually um for me, my future right now is uh, I want to finish my, first of all, in terms of uh, my education, I want to finish my PhD in uh, finance and also do another PhD in the climate change. If I do that, then I will be poised to be able to do the finances and the climate 
because the, nowadays because when you talk about climate change you're also looking at mitigation of the costs so that is my future aspect in terms of my research work in terms of the career after i finish this one i want to enter i want to do into, i want to go into consultancy and everybody nowadays is you don't want to be employed on no when i before when i was in school i was told that when you're employed i think there's a book called rich dad poor dad which says let money work for you that doesn't mean that you don't have to work working is to for you to get some capital then if you're able to to survive let the money work for you and in our in uh, in the scholarly work it's good for you to go into consultancy at some point consultancy has no retirement you can consult and consult and consult until you get to a point where by your body doesn't want but employment at the age of 60 or you can be fired you'll be lucky to get to 60 or you can be fired at any particular point in time so my future uh my future plans is first of all to get to arm myself with experience particularly in the climate and in the finance then when i have the experience very well then i pull out i leave the young ones to come in because unless we exit others will not come in then the young ones will come in then that particular point will open more uh, opportunities because when i have a consultancy firm i don't be working alone i'll be working with a team so my point is to get to the consultancy if i get there i'll have achieved what i have wanted then i also without forgetting i mentioned earlier on that maybe in future i'll go and do my piloting <laughs> yeah the piloting i think is a, it's still an option out there it's uh Yeah, and at least you'll do it more of now for as a private thing yes. where you can also have your own chopper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we are at the, the, the we are almost at the end of the interview. So maybe there are some talking points that you wanted to emphasize. Yeah, now is the time to talk about them and things maybe that some questions that you'd have liked to answer that maybe we didn't ask. Now this is the time to talk about them. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh it's like i was just trying to get a snippet of what i'm saying first of all in life discipline and morality is very key be disciplined and morality is doing the right thing respect respecting the elders and knowing that life entails this and that and that it's morality is whereby you respect wisdom and stuff number two, you need to set your targets in life sometimes don't chase the wind but know that you're not just there past the wind so have your targets and know that at this particular time in life you have must try to achieve or you are near to achieving that so set your your careers right the career path should always be some something that you look at and say fine i'm on the right path number three, friends are people that help us to see the world it's a very good thing but don't be influenced don't compete with them don't compete with them sometimes you might have good friends who will show you that life is all about it but don't compete to outshine them some of them they have already set career some of them are slightly poor so it will be good for you if you put you don't compete them. you follow your path at the end of the day god will reward you that's all about uh friendship and last but not least education has no end education has no end If you're a scholar, always try to learn one or two things. Learn one or two things. And education is not for, it will not 
they are wasted a time at the end of it all even if you not be employed in your specific career you'll be able to manage to get some employment even if it's not specifically in that career so education is the key i will see i'll still insist education is the key try your level best to be good in and in solving problems academically or or using what people as intelligence so that whenever you're going for any any discussion don't always don't always be the one telling people ah you go away you go away because you don't have an answer so that's some of the snippets that I've uh, tried to find from in the, this kind of presentation